Section 16 of Stories of the Scottish Border by Mr. and Mrs. William Platt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 13 Annick Castle and the Percies. The castle of Annick stands on a hill on the south bank of the River Alm. Being protected on one side by the river and on another by a deep gorge, it stands in a strong natural position. There are traces of earthworks that seem to show that the spot was fortified in the old British days, but the earliest fact which we know certainly is that there was a Saxon fortress here held by a Gilbert Tyson, when William the Conqueror claimed England. Tyson hastened south to fight on Harold's side and was killed at the Battle of Hastings. The fortress seems to have got into the hands of a Norman knight, Ivo de Vesci, who married the granddaughter of Gilbert Tyson. King Malcolm of Scotland was killed in front of it in 1093, with 3,000 of his men. De Vesci's son-in-law was probably the knight who rebuilt the castle in the Norman style, some portions of which still remain. In 1174, William the Lion, King of Scotland, who had claimed Northumberland as his own, attacked the castles of Wark and of Annick. Wark was defended by a gallant knight named Roger de Stuteville. William's brave men tried in vain to force their way through the portcullis, but were beaten back. Then William ordered up his perriere, a machine made for hurling stones. This, said the king, will soon smash down the gate for us. With great expectations, the machine was set in motion, but it acted so badly that it threw the stones onto William's own men and nearly killed one of his best knights. William raved in his fury and swore he would rather have been captured in fair fight than be made to look so foolish in the eyes of his enemies. He gave word to burn the castle, but the wind was in the wrong quarter and blew back the flames. So he had to give up the siege. Stuteville, like a gallant enemy, told his men not to shout taunts and jeers at the departing Scots, but instead they blew trumpets and horns and sang songs and called out a very loud and hearty goodbye. Shortly afterwards, William came before Annick, and it was then de Vesci's turn. It was Saturday morning on a hot July day, and the Scottish king's knights flatteringly told him that the English were bound to give way to him, and Northumberland would be his. The king was dining in front of the castle, with no helmet on, when suddenly a part of the English army made a surprise attack. The bold king leapt onto his grey charger and unhorsed the first knight he met. So quick and brave were the Scots that they had almost defeated the English, when an English foot-soldier stabbed the king's horse with his lance, and it fell, bringing William down to the ground and pinning him there. This turned the course of battle. The Scots were beaten back and William taken prisoner. It was in 1309 that the great Percy family first obtained possession of Annick and its domain. Henry Percy purchased it from Anthony Beck, Bishop of Durham, who had somehow obtained power over it, and the brave de Vesci family disappear. About this date, Northumberland was in a miserable condition. It was the reign of the feeble Edward II, 
and Bruce had invaded the four northernmost counties of England and was exacting tribute from them. The English were safe only within their fortresses. However, the brave Sir Thomas Grey, who held Norham Castle, did much to uphold the falling honour of England, and Henry Percy almost rebuilt the castle of Annick, which in his son's time successfully withstood a siege. But at last, peace was restored by the Treaty of Northampton in 1328, by the terms of which the English king renounced all claim to Scotland. The Percy family were of Norman origin, deriving their name from a Norman village. William de Percy crossed to England just after the Battle of Hastings and received grants of land in Yorkshire. Agnes de Percy married Jocelyn, Count of Louvain, and their son, Henry, took his mother's surname. From that year onward, the Christian name of Henry was always given to the eldest son. There were 14 Henry Percys. Even in these wild times, the Percys were distinguished by the boldness of their spirits. One of the Counts of Louvain, grandfather of the first Henry Percy, shocked the men of his day by hanging some of his enemies with the church bell ropes. It was not the hanging that was objected to. Hanging was common enough, but the use of church ropes for the purpose was thought very wicked. After they had rebuilt Annick Castle and settled down there, the Percys soon established their power in the north. At the coronation of Richard II in 1377, a Henry Percy was Marshal of England, and he was then made Earl of Northumberland. His son, Hotspur, was the most famous of all the Percys. In their time, the battles of Otterburn and Homelden Hill were fought, but they rebelled against Henry IV, and Hotspur was killed at the Battle of Shrewsbury, 1403, while his father was slain a few years later at Branham Moor. His head set up on London Bridge and quarters of his body on the gates of Berwick, Newcastle, Lincoln and London, to discourage others from following in his footsteps. Henry, son of Hotspur, was the second earl. He repaired and added to the castle and was present at the Battle of Agincourt. It was not the habit of the Percys to die in their beds, and this one was killed in the Wars of the Roses, at the First Battle of St Albans in 1455. The fact of their having taken the losing Lancastrian side in these wars kept the family under a cloud for a number of years. One of them was beheaded at York in 1572 for taking part in the Rising of the North. One of them was found shot in his bed in 1585, and another died in the Tower in 1632, so that the family could hardly be said to be quieting down. They sided with Parliament during the Civil War, but later on they favoured the Restoration. At last, there came a time when there were no male heirs left in this great line, but only a daughter, Elizabeth. She married the Duke of Somerset and had 13 children, the eldest surviving of whom was created Earl of Northumberland in 1748. But he died the year after, leaving only a daughter, who had married a very able baronet, to whom was given the title of Duke of Northumberland in 1766. He very wisely took the surname of Percy 
and again restored the castle of Annick, putting the family estates and affairs in good order, so that the Percys of Annick Castle are Dukes of Northumberland to this day. End of section 16